Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. So in the news today, the numbers came out for well, 2021 on how much George Soros donated <laughs> to political causes. Let's get right into the numbers and check it out, shall we? According to CNBC, he donated $140 million to political causes in 2021. Key talking points. George Soros backed nonprofit invested. Uh, George Soros backed nonprofit invested at least 140 million. Oh, le- at least, excuse me, 140 million into politically charged nonprofits just one year before the midterm elections. Those donations are on top of more than 170 million Soros personally contributed. Oh, well, f- excuse me. I guess 140 is just the starting point. So. Are, are we, is that, that can't be right. Those donations are on top of the more than 170 million Soros personally contributed during the 2020 midterm cycle. Okay, so this is just 2021. So in 2022, I mean, who knows what he spent? Obviously, he spent more than 170 was the minimum he spent. The Soros nonprofit separately donated approximately 60 million to charitable 501 C3s, which are prohibited from participating in politics. This, I have a little bit different opinion on George Soros than most people. I think most people see George Soros as just kind of this evil dude that's kind of connected to Klaus and uh, part of the global elite, uh, maybe part of the eugenicist Malthusian cult, if you want to call it that. Maybe, maybe. But I also think there's, there could be another story line here. And I've always thought that, you know, Soros, I I don't know that he really cares, (laughs) to be honest with you, about whatever he's donating. You know, I I think, you know, you say, George, why is he donating for Black Lives Matter and, and Democrats and whatnot? Honestly, I think it's just like an SBF deal, but yet turbocharged. So I think he, maybe, maybe, who, and who knows is it, if this is right or wrong. Obviously, I have no way to prove this. But you got to think that, especially back in like the 80s and 90s, you don't think Soros was like Gordon Gecko to a certain degree, you know, the, the character from Wall Street, meaning that he was a brilliant trader. Absolutely. But you don't think he was trading on insider information? Come on. You know, again, I have nothing to prove that, but wow, it it would surprise me if he wasn't. And then let's just say for a moment that he wasn't, you know, he's going head to head with a lot of uh, sovereign nations there and, and causing them immense pain. So my point is he, he, he would know that he's got a huge target on his back from politicians, potentially globally. So if you know that what you're doing you're going to have a massive target on your back, whether you're doing something wrong or right, especially if you're doing something wrong. How do you hedge that? The, the best way to hedge that is to give the people money that have the ability to put you in jail. And, you know, it's, 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 today there, there's just a very thin line between Republicans and Democrats. They're pretty much, they're, they're, both, they're all crazy in, in one way or the other. But back in the... And I guess they always have been, you know, politicians have always been politicians. But back when I was growing up in the 1980s, 
there was a, there's really a line in the sand, like, like as far as a political group coming after someone like Soros, there was like a 90% chance that it was going to be a Democrat. Now, I mean, who knows if you're like uh, Zuckerberg or something like that, or Bill Gates, I mean, you could have the Republicans come after you just as much as the Democrats. But back then it, it just, I think it was far more lopsided. So again, if you're going to hedge back in the 1980s or the 1990s, you're going to just donate millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to the Democratic Party. And, you know, maybe the, these people have dirt on him and he has to just keep paying them off. So I, I, I'm not saying that it's not because he's some crazy SOB, <laughs> which he very well could be. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know the guy. I've never talked to him. But I think another explanation could be that he just he knew that he needed to hedge way back starting in the 1980s. And his hedge just (laughs) became greater and greater and greater and greater. And really, he could care less about the Democrats or the Republicans or anything. He's just like, where can I get the most bang for my buck to make sure that I never have to deal with anything like you know, a situation where I, I'm I'm looking at jail time. And uh, again, that's just me being completely speculative. I don't know if that's the case. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. I've always thought that's most likely why Warren Buffett has, not that he donates to the extent that Soros does, but the fact that he's very vocally a, a Democrat, a, a Democrat, and he has been that way, I believe, again, since the 1980s or so, I always just kind of scratch my head and say, hmm, I wonder if that's, if he's publicly stating his political affiliation due to his personal views, or is he just hedging? And the Democrats know that, hey, if Warren Buffett comes out and says that you're the party of choice, that's going to give you a lot of PR clout. So if and if like Warren Buffett gets into a into a, a, a tight situation like he was back in was that the late 80s or the early 90s when that was actually the early 90s, because that was uh, Snyder tells the story of the guy that tried to corner, for lack of a better term, the treasury market. This was back, who did he work for? It was Solomon Brothers, if my memory serves me right. Solomon Brothers. And this guy would go to the auction 
the treasury auction and he'd buy everything just every single time until the the government came out and said no 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 you you can't buy everything uh you, you've got to you know allow for other people to to, to get in there and, and place bids and whatnot and he and they said if, if you do this again we're going to fine you and the guy just basically told him to pound sand and what he did is he set up uh, a couple shell entities that bid for him so he could still bid for a hundred percent of the treasury issuance and of course snyder looks at that from a standpoint of of collateral you know he was trying he this is when the dollar the euro dollar market was absolutely exploding and uh therefore uh if the more treasuries he had the more he could leverage those to make huge profits in ways that were extremely esoteric that the government actually could never find out they they never could figure out why he was doing that but the bottom line is even after the government or SEC or whomever it was kind of gave him the the slap on the wrist he continued to do this and he got caught and I guess Warren Buffett was one of the major shareholders in again I think it was Solomon Brothers so they something like they had to fire the CEO and then Warren Buffett came in as like a interim CEO to try to negotiate a deal between them and the government and Warren Buffett at the time I mean it sounds crazy now because he's just like the darling child of of America but back then it was you know do we like Warren Buffett do we not like Warren Buffett uh, he had a great reputation but I think he learned very very quickly that uh, you can go from from hero to zero very very quickly just based on which way the political winds are blowing and things that may happen that are completely outside of your control as long as you're you know someone who has the let's say brand recognition of a Buffett or or, or so so I, I think that again, this is something that we should definitely consider as to how much of when you get to a certain level, as far as being a billionaire, how much of your stated political views are actually what you believe and what percentage of that is just you hedging your bets. And and I personally think a large percentage of it is just them hedging their bets, but moving on here, uh, he's got a, they even, this is weird too, for CNBC to come out and talk about this but complex network of nonprofits, and that's pretty much very well known and it looks like uh the wealthy special interests are key which is no surprise and most of this focus is going towards democrats the vast majority of soros's personal donation donations during the 2022 cycle went to super PACs, uh democrat Dem- democracy pack and democracy pack two according to the federal election commission filings both of those groups are run by billionaire's son, Alexander Soros, who also sits on the board of Open Society Institute, Open Society Policy Center. Another thing is you're just buying influence here. I mean, you're, you're hedging your bets. You're buying influence. I mean, from, from a standpoint of those guys who just probably don't have really too strong of an ethical North Star. I mean, this is just great ROI. Some of the groups here, American, America Votes, Demand Justice. Equus Labs, Future Forward USA Action, which um, I was reading earlier is, is really, I think, a, oh no, this is the next one, 1630 Fund, which is uh, HR and legal resources to progressive candidates, empowering advocates. So there you go. I mean, George Soros, I 
probably spending north of 200 million a year on uh, these quote unquote political donations. Is it because he's a Klaus Schwab type? Is it because he's hedging his bets? Is it because it's good ROI or a combination of all of the above? I don't know. I'll let you be the judge. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.